0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to St. Phil's Sports History for November 1st, 2023. I'm your host, Jim Montgomery. A few quick housekeeping things uh, of note. Yesterday, in all of my excitement with the James Hard trade, completely forgot to give you the Tuesday motivation slash positivity. So we're going to do that today on Wednesday. And I already had this picked out, and, and I really like it. Uh, I've been listening to, on my runs and my walks, Alex Toussaint's book, uh, activate your greatness and if you know who Alex is, he's a Peloton instructor um, and basically he's given his life story as well as basically the how he turned his life into the success, success story he is now and just kind of ways to just go through your life and sort of his mindset and I really like it and one thing he said that really stuck out to me was the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And that was very profound to me and just really made me think that so many times we, we go through life and we half-ass something and he, basically the saying is, if you're going to half-ass in one thing, eventually it's going to catch up because you're giving yourself permission to to do that regularly. Uh, And it's really changed the way I've kind of looked at things and and have operated over the past week or so because I feel as though there's so many parts of my life where it's hard to sort of, I mean, this is just life in general, but hard to balance it with certain things between family, work, uh, a wife, friends, trying to do this podcast uh, and all of those things while trying to mix in and being healthy myself, both mentally and physically uh, and and it's hard and it's uh, the hearing that really put it into perspective that you know what you got to go full full force with everything and go all in and if there is too much going on that's when you maybe take some things off your plate and make sure you're, you're doing and giving your all uh he had another quote today that uh really kind of resonated with me that i'll probably save for for another time uh but it kind of ties in with that about keeping your plate the same uh fullness and and things like that. But I'll get into that. But for now, it's how you do anything is how you do everything. And like I said, it's really like everybody loves going full force into the things you like, but it's how you handle the things that maybe are a grind or maybe aren't necessarily the big thing. I talked one Tuesday about eating the frog uh, and doing the most difficult things first. And I, I really think how you do anything is how you do everything. And it's just very to me very profound like you got to give your full 100 percent effort whether it's working out whether it's uh spending time with your kids spending time with your wife or your husband or whatever so i apologize because i was just so excited yesterday about james harden that i forgot that but that's your tuesday motivation slash positivity on a wednesday um some other quick housekeeping notes there. It will be a new Back to the Future, likely dropping tonight because I have the Hall of Fame ceremony tomorrow. I have it recorded. It's just got to finish some editing and things like that. Take a look at the, the rise and fall of the Philadelphia A's and um, see what you think about that. But I think it could be a good movie. Uh So be on the lookout for that. As I mentioned, tomorrow is the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame ceremony. We spent the month of October going through the inductees. They're 20 for 20 as well as just some things I added, the five guys I think that eventually will be in. We talked about Joe, Jason Kelsey, uh, Bryce, uh, Bryson Stott, and... Uh, Danny Breer possibly getting in we talked a little bit about teams that maybe could be recognized as well as other non-sports entities we, we kind of came to the conclusion that the Broad Street Run would be an uh, ideal candidate for the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame so Ken if you guys are listening we are formally on behalf of the podcast nominating the Broad Street Run for induction to Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame next year uh, but I'm not really sure what to expect, and, and I'm going for the full thing. So I'll do the meet and greet, uh, the VIP reception, as well as the ceremony itself. So next week's Back to the Future will just be a recap, um, kind of going in it with notes. Like I have certain people I want to talk to and just kind of pick their brains with certain things. Um, taking like, I will have my business cards. I don't know what's going to come of that, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm going in like partly as a fan. Partly as someone who runs a podcast, uh, but partly as someone who really, I think, is into the history and, and the, the legacy of Philly sports. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Still not too late to buy tickets. Uh, PhiladelphiaSportsHallofFame.org. Uh, if you are going, let me know. I'll catch up with you. Uh, but yeah, so looking forward to that on next week's Back to the Future. But for this week, it is the Philadelphia A's. All right. Question of the day was yesterday. We talked. I asked basically what were your thoughts on the James Harden trade, and for the most part, the overwhelming majority—I uh, would say close to eighty percent of you—thought uh, it was a good trade. And uh, like on Twitter, I, I put a poll up, and most people were like in A and B range. On Facebook, I got some feedback. Uh, some people like obviously. I think the general consensus is we wish we would have gotten more. We sh- Felt we should have gotten more, but the fact that you're taking that that almost like an addition by subtraction type deal, especially with a new coach, a new system, you have Tyrese trying to come into his own. Um, so overall, you guys thought it was a decent trade uh, as far as making the Sixers better. A lot of you, obviously myself included, feel as though they probably could have gotten more if they pulled the trigger back in the summer. However, I think with the expiring contracts and the fact that you you have that like, – I think it can't be understated because, yes, you need to play for this year and especially with the limited window that Joe has. But I think it can't be lost on the flexibility now you have next summer. So I'm not saying they're going to tank this year. But I think I want to see growth in Nick Nurse's system. And because of some of the pieces and the assets you got from the trade for James Harden, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a move for one of those superstars. And the one name that came up across multiple media outlets that um, just listening and and scrolling through Twitter yesterday was Zach Levine, who would be a good fit. and I was watching the, the Comcast or it's uh NBC Sports Philadelphia now, but Comcast Sports And they, um, Mark Jackson and Danny Palmell were kind of breaking it down. And Mark Jackson brought up a very good point because everybody's like, Buddy healed, Buddy healed, Buddy healed. While he would be a good fit, think about what when we had JJ Reddick, JJ Reddick was not that good on defense, so come playoff time. That's where he got exploited. Uh, he talked about George Niang, who got exploited and didn't even make it into the rotation. Matisse Thibel, who was uh, a defensive specialist but couldn't shoot, got exposed. So you need, and it's tough. Obviously, uh, I'm sure every NBA team, as they were saying, would like this, but you need a good two-way player. Um, but they had the Sixers do have the assets to possibly go after one. So I, I don't think Daryl Morey's done yet. Uh, but again, I, I can't you, you can't undersell the fact that only four guys are under contract for next year. It's a lot of money coming up. So we we'll see. Um, but that was what you guys thought of the question of the day. Sixers are in action tomorrow for the home opener, first game after Harden. um, First game AH, I guess you could call it, uh, even though he's only here for a year and a half. Uh, But anxious to see now how they come out and the energy they have playing at home. Flyers are in action tonight against the Buffalo Sabres. Um, The big story for them was they allowed Wally, the emotional support animal, into the game on Monday night after the Phillies would not. Um, And I, I don't know. I mean, is this something we we need to kind of focus on or, or worry about? I mean, I get it. I don't want to di- dismiss people's feelings, but an alligator—I um, don't know. That's our question of the day, though. Where, where what's the limit on support animals, and are you comfortable with sitting next to an alligator? uh during a game um uh, that's not really the question of the day but if you want to give me your feedback on that let me know uh, i had a friend wally in high school or college at one, at one point too he was a real dick though um enough about that that's a he neither here nor there um but i'm sure it's only a matter of time before philly goat has a wally gator shirt um so go check them out be on the lookout for it because I, I I just know how his brain operates. I can totally see it coming. Um, but go to PhillyGoat.com, check out their wide selection of Philadelphia sports apparel. Uh, they're they're second to none. And as now the Sixers and the season is progressing, I'm sure there's gonna be more Sixers stuff and just Great organization, great shirt company. Go check them out. PhillyGoat.com. Use the promo code Jim Montgomery for 10% off of your order. I'm waiting for the Wally the Gator shirt and I'm still waiting for a Mega John. I need a Mega John shirt. Um, all right. So, Eagles update. Not really much going on. There were no other big moves by Howie after the trade deadline. I know a lot of people were. We're talking about possibly going after a running back. Uh, they were in the mix for a couple of DBs. Uh, but, I mean, th- they got the only All Pro that. Um, even though it was a couple years ago, that was traded yesterday. I read that somewhere. Uh, The 49ers did get Chase Young from Washington, uh, so bolsters their defense a little bit. But at the same time, they still have Brock Purdy, who is being exposed for what I think he is, and that's just a mediocre at best quarterback. Uh, But the real question of the day, not dealing with Wally the Gator, is – What are you? How would you grade Howie's trade deadline moves? Um, obviously, he brought in Bayard, uh, he got rid of um, a defensive lineman for like a pick swap and things like that. But overall, how would you grade it? I mean, Bayard definitely is going to make a big splash on this team, but I know a lot of people want it running back, uh, some people wanted another DB. So, give me your thoughts and, and grades on Howie's trade deadline moves. That will be our question of the day. That'll be on all my social media as well as if you're listening on Spotify, it will be the question on there. So be sure to make your opinion heard. It is also Wednesday. That means last night there was another our new Clashing Conferences podcast that was recorded that'll drop tonight at midnight. Be sure to check my buddies out over there. They do a good job breaking down the NFC East. That's the Clashing Conferences podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. All right. So today we are going to go back to 1882, and I would like to actually officially wish an unofficial happy birthday to the Philadelphia Phillies. It is their birthday, kind of. And here's what I mean by kind of. On this day, back in 1882, the Philadelphia Ball Club Limited was fir- founded. And they were capitalized by Al Reach, who was a sporting good mogul, uh, who was very much responsible for uh, creating the modern like, – Basically, the baseball glove as we know it, because back in the early days of baseball, they just used their hand. uh, As well as kind of, uh, I believe he was the guy that also uh, standardized the baseball, uh, but he ultimately sold his company to Spalding. So Al Reach, as well as attorney John Rogers, gave up the $15,000 to start the Philadelphia Ball Club Limited. And ultimately, their purpose was for playing baseball in the city of Philadelphia. It did not take long for them to get uh, awarded an expansion franchise for the National League. In 1883, they were awarded what was known, one of the teams and became known as the Classic Eight, kind of like the original six in hockey. Uh, They were were replacing, this is going to be tough to say, they were replacing the Worcester. Worcesters or Worcester Worcesters or whatever it's the there was the same name Worcester Mass Worcester um they named the team the Quakers uh so they did come in and play in 1883 but for their first exhibition game the Philadelphia Inquirer who covered them referred to them as the Phillies and as we just saw with the Worcester Worcesters uh usually the um the teams were named after, nicknamed after the city. So it was the New York New Yorkers, the Boston and Bostons, the Worcester Worcesters. But the Philadelphia Philadelphias didn't necessarily roll off the tongue very easily. So the Inquirer shortened it to the Philadelphia Phillies. um, And that's kind of how the Phillies got their name. They were originally the Quakers. But back then, the way they sort of identified was they named them after the city. And again, could you imagine the Philadelphia Philadelphias um, doesn't necessarily flow the way you should. So the Phillies, uh, eventually the Quakers was dropped and or the Quakers name was dropped and they became just known as the Phillies. And the Phillies, ironically enough, are the longest continually used nickname by a team in the same city. Um, so there is definitely a lot of history there with the Phillies. But on this day, back in 1882, the Philadelphia Ball Club Limited was formed, uh, backed by money-wise by Al Reach, who made his money in sporting goods, and attorney John Rogers. Ultimately, they became the Philadelphia Quakers, nicknamed the Phillies in 1883, and the name has stuck ever since. So, you can almost kind of say this is the the unofficial birthday of the Phillies. So, happy birthday Phillies. You're still disappointing us after all of these years. Just kidding. Kind of. Speaking of disappointing, it's always disappointing when I get in my truck and I see the trash. CarCan.com has the solution. CarCan is a trash can that fits right on the back of your seat. Your kids or whoever's riding in the back seat can just throw their trash right in. Helps keep the back of your car or your truck clean. It can also be used as storage as well as a cooler. If you don't have kids or nobody rides in your back seat or you have one of those hipster cars that don't have four... It only has two seats in it. They have a ton of other organizational things for your car. Uh, I've been talking to the things about the the organizational boxes in the trunk. So be sure to check out carcan.com. Use the promo code Jim Montgomery20OFF for 20% off of your order. It makes a great gift. That's carcan.com, promo code Jim Montgomery20OFF for 20% off of your order. All right. Sticking with the disappointing theme, though, I figured I'd sneak into the, the car can there. And uh, But we are going to talk about, for the month of October, or November, because we did get disappointed by the Phillies this season, I thought it was apropos to talk about the most disappointing athletes in Philadelphia history. Now, these guys were people that came in with either uh, as a high draft pick Uh, through a trade or a free agent who had high expectations and just really never lived up and disappointed us. Um, And we all know we have a ton of them throughout Philadelphia sports history. So sticking with the Phillies theme on their birthday, first one we're going to talk about for the month of November is Lance Parrish, who's a catcher from the Detroit Tigers. Now, he signed a one-year $800,000 contract, contract with a $200,000 worth of bonuses uh, with incentives in 1987 he did end up playing two years in Philly now this is key because I vividly remember this in 86 the Phillies finished they won 87 games which wasn't too bad Mike Schmidt was the MVP but they finished 21 and a half games back of the Mets that year that's how good the Mets were Um, So Lance Parrish was kind of seen as this missing piece. They had guys like Von Hayes, Juan Samuel, Mike Schmidt, albeit he was getting a little bit older. Uh, They had some decent young pitching, um, or so they thought. So why not bring in Lance Parrish, who was arguably one of the best, if not the best catcher in the American League. Uh, He was a three-time Gold Glove winner, six-time All-Star Five time silver slugger and won the World Series with the Texas or Texas, the Tigers in 1984. So a good guy. Very like people were excited. I remember being super excited that this guy was coming in. Well, it didn't take long uh, for him to endear himself to the Philadelphia fans. Got off to a horrible start. Uh, I was hitting 188 in April. His family was booed. Um, all kinds of unnecessary stuff and and things but rightfully so I mean he was considered one of the best catchers and here he is stinking it up in his Philly debut Uh, when it was all said and done in 1987 he played 130 games hit 257 17 home runs uh, basically his lowest season totals since the 1981 season which was shortened by a strike he grounded into 23 double plays And it didn't stop there. Defensively, he was a gold glover. He allowed 142 stolen bases. Uh, Basically, again, his worst season ever. In 1988, he got slightly better. Um, I mean, not offensively. He hit 215 with a 370 slugging percentage, which was the worst of his career. Somehow, his defense got better. He got selected to the all-star game. Um, and again, we talked a lot about Juan Samuel kind of getting inducted into Phillies Wall of Fame because he was just there. Um, how does Juan Well or an aging Mike Schmidt not make the all-star team as the Phillies' representative instead of Lance Parrish? Um, but in his two years in Philly, he hit 230, 32 home runs, 127 RBI, which would not be a terrible year for one year but no he did this over the course of two seasons coming in as a highly touted free agent um in 87 uh this the phillies were 80 and 82. they finished in fourth place but the nl east was pretty competitive Had he just been half of what he was in Detroit, maybe the Phillies had a shot to kind of chase down the Cardinals. Uh, And then in 88, they were just absolutely atrocious. Mike Schmidt was nearing the end of his career. They finished 35 and a half games back. But today's disappointing athlete, uh, one of the most disappointing, I think, ever to, to wear the Phillies uniform. Lance Parrish came in with a ton of hype. And didn't really do much. And then as is typical of a lot of these players. He kind of got back closer to where he was pre-signing with the Phillies afterwards. But he decided to give his two worst years of his career to Philadelphia. Lance Parrish, we thank you. All right. Lance Parrish. uh, I I remember being so excited about him. Man, talk about the ultimate disappointment. But... On this day in 1882, the Philadelphia Baseball the Philadelphia Ball Club Limited was formed, paving the way for the Philadelphia Quakers, aka the Phillies, to be an expansion team in the National League. So next time you're saying "Let's go Phillies," just remember you could be saying "Let's go Philadelphia." Kind of an interesting little take there. Flyers in action tonight. Be sure to let me know what you're, you're feeling about Howie Roseman's trade deadline moves. It wasn't necessarily as active as he was, but I think Bayard is a great piece that's going to help them out. Uh, so let me know what you think. Be sure to check out my boys tomorrow at Clashing Conferences. <sighs> Remember, how you do anything is how you do everything. Uh, and that's your motiv- your Wednesday motivation, Tuesday motivation on a Wednesday. Um lots going on today but it's supposed to be a chilly one but it's supposed to actually maybe see some sun today so go have yourselves a wednesday this has been this day in philly sports history i'm jim montgomery and until next time i'll see you when i see you